Welcome to Inside Photo Organizing from DIY to Pro with Allison Friedman from Arrange Wander Focus of Chicago, Illinois. And I am Susan Wallach from Save a Memory of Northern Colorado. Together, we will provide photo organizing tips and tricks for everyone from the person who wants to do it yourself to other pros in our industry. We'll discuss current software and hardware news about photo and digital asset management. We will be answering your questions, and we hope that as you learn more, you can complete your own photo organizing project and feel more confident to finally know, hey, I can find that special photo that I've been looking for. Good morning, Susan. How are you? Good. Um, it's uh, getting a little chillier here. I can see the the leaves are tr- are turning. It's fall, definitely. I uh, uh, just got back from my vacation. Um, not sure we had mentioned it, in, you know, during this podcast, but uh, I had a lovely trip to Hawaii and met some lovely friends and actually got to go to Vancouver, a city I've always wanted to go to. So that was lots of fun. It looked amazing. I saw some of your photos. I did not have anything quite so exciting going on, but it is Halloween season here in Chicago and my neighborhood goes all out for Halloween. Think huge blow up scary things and 15 foot wolves that talk to you as you walk by and singing pumpkins and all of that. So that is a super fun time to be in Chicago if anyone's ever you know looking for a good time of year to visit. Um, one of the funny things I realized as I walk around the neighborhood, I take a lot of pictures because I just, it's amazing what my neighbors do. So I take photos every year and I realized in cleaning some of those out that I have actually done that every year. And when I look back at October photos, I have a whole lot of my neighbors and can compare how they've upped their game year after year. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, the gentleman across the street, my neighbor, <clears throat> he's got those uh, huge 10 foot um, ske- scary skeletons and and other animated uh, creatures. And uh, so, yeah, he I I it's uh, fun for me to look over. My yard is not quite as entertaining. So he, he's got quite a, a boring view compared to mine. But um, yeah, it's it's fun, fun time. It's it really is great. And I also realize that I take too many of them. And these are pictures I don't really need. They're not of my own decorations. They're other people, but it leads us smartly into today's (laughs) topic, which is digital photo organizing. Because now that everybody has a camera on their phone and they have their phone, you have your phone with you all the time. We take so many more photos. And, And even just this example, if I had to go home and pull out a camera and bring it with me to walk around town and look at and look at Halloween decorations, I wouldn't take nearly first, I probably wouldn't do it. So I wouldn't even have them. But if I did, I'd have far fewer because you're much, much more cognizant of using film and the time it takes to develop. Now that we have our phones, everybody has far too many digital photos uh, of things they do and do not need. So on today's episode, we are going to tackle some, oh, just some of what you need to know about wrangling your physical, your digital photos into submission. Yeah, we're just going to touch the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, because 
everything that we do, we could speak hours on. We want to welcome our guest today. We're very excited to have her. She is a professional certified photo manager coming from Washington, D.C. Her company is My Memory File. Good morning, Cheryl DeFrank. How are you? I'm great. Good morning, Susan and Allison. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, we're so excited. Um, people can't see your beautiful smile, but I <laughs> I just want to say it, it's always um, such a delight to speak with you and um, pick your brain. And so we've got um, a handful of questions for you today. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. Okay. Um, so we like to let our guests introduce themselves. So would you start uh, by explaining to our listening audience um, a little bit about your background with photography and, and uh, data management and how you uh, started My Memory File? Yeah, I'd love to. So I kind of joke sometimes that I've been in training for this for most of my life because um, my father is a retired um, professional photographer. He was a, an assignment photographer at, in, in the Vietnam War and then... Um, moved into stock photography later in his career. Um, and as a child, as a young child, like school holidays and snow days, I remember my sister and I would go to his his studio and, and help, you know, clean up or or help help label slides. So um, that was kind of my first um, exposure to photo management, really. And um, and so and then fast forward to after college. So there's a big span there that I was not involved in photos. Um, I was um, Selling, selling medical supplies. And my dad had an idea to open a stock photo agency. He was represented by a number of agencies and he had an idea to kind of start one in a different, um, with a different model. It was the early nineties. And that was right about the time that scanning was becoming, or digitizing was becoming accessible. Was, if you remember Codex CD was kind of the first, you know, accessible, you know, um, affordable way to scan. I don't think a lot of consumers were using it as much at the, yet, but but professional photographers were starting to use it. And we decided that our agency would be a completely digital agency. So any photo that came into us from a photographer that we were going to represent, we would digitize if, if they hadn't already. Um, and so it kind of meant that we were building a digital collection where most other agencies that had been around for decades, they had hundreds of thousands of millions of slides that they now had to digitize. So a huge endeavor, a huge cost. Um, so we kind of were, uh, had an advantage in some ways and were very nimble. And on top of that, I learned a tremendous amount very quickly about digital uh, photos, not photography. People weren't really taking photos digitally at that time, but you know, learned about um, file uh, formats, TIFF, JPEG, compression, resolution, um, all the different things that we needed to know and how to deliver files and so on. So. Um, that was, we ended up representing about 450 photographers and uh, managing a collection of about um, just under half a million photos. So you can imagine a lot of what I did there translated very well to, you know, to my current job as a photo manager. Um, the way I transitioned was the way I got into photo management that I'm doing now is um, around the early 2000s, a lot of changes happened, technology, a lot of other stuff that one won't go into in that industry that just really made it tough for a lot of photo agencies. Um, and so we decided to wind it down. I was trying to figure out what else, what was going to be my next step. And I was helping a friend uh, organize her huge digital photo collection. Like most of us, she took, you know, tons of photos, 
um, very prolific, took all photos of all her kids' sports games, all that stuff. And I was helping her just get it under control. And she suggested that I do this as a job, as a business. Um, and I thought she was crazy. I thought there's no way anyone's going to pay me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and, you know, but she was, she was like, oh, really? I think it would work. I think it'd be great. And I kept it in the back of my mind. And I just happened to be talking to my sister who lives in a different city like a little while later. And I you know, mentioned this crazy idea that my friend had. And she said, well, yeah, my friend does that. And I thought that was just it blew me away. I'm like, there's really a person that does this. And then she said her friend, she said, yeah, I think my friend like belongs to some trade association or something of photo managers. And I was like, wait, there's more than one person that does this. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> so she got me in touch with her friend and I got into, and that who then got me in touch with Kathy at, at the photo managers was Apo uh, at the time. Um, and I became a member in 2014 and, you know, it's been growing ever since. So the rest is history, as they said. So I started organizing a few friends collections and then the word just spread. So. I just love those synchronicities, right? Yeah. I, you, you know, you talk to somebody and like, what? Yeah. You, there's, there's a profession that does this. Right. Right. I mean, that was my reaction. Like I could make money yeah. really doing this, that this thing I love with scanning and, exactly. and post-processing and digitizing and yeah. organizing and, and, yeah. and helping people this way like as i'm sure you both have experienced you know just the relief people have when they know they can even there is even someone to hire like yes they're, they're thrilled that they that we even exist so um so that's yeah. the number one reaction yeah yeah actually like, is yeah. people hand stuff over and then it's relief yes completely yeah. right yeah so yeah so yeah. sorry go, go ahead no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say I was just telling this to somebody yesterday actually that that before I even do the the any organizing, just handing it over, they're like, we're so happy to get this out of our house, you know, like do whatever you want with it. <laughs> we just are so happy to be able to hand it to somebody. So yes, hundred percent. So tell me, as a as a photo organizer who handles everybody else's collections yeah. all the time, is your own collection organized? I am, I, I, yes, I have to say that it is. Um, I am, I'm again, partly because of what I did before, right? I kind of was always in photo management mode. So when my oldest daughter was born, we, it was 2002 and we ordered our first digital camera. Um, we ordered it and I think it actually literally arrived at our house when I was in the hospital delivering my daughter. So the first photo, I mean, like from her actual birth is all digital. So that at least has kind of made it nice that there was kind of that delimiter, right? That everything is digital. Um, and again, because of what I did before, I've always kind of been able to keep them organized. Um, but I will say, I will come clean and I have my own Achilles heel that um, my annual photo books stop at 2013. So I have that same, I hear, I there's never judgment from me because I say the same thing that I hear my clients say, um, you know, yeah, I just need like a long weekend where I'm going to lock myself in, in a hotel room or my office and do all my books and, you know, get it all done. And yeah, it's been 10 years and I have not been able to get that done. So, well, I, the I, fact I, that you've got up till 2013 is is something to congratulate you for, because <laughs> I do not. Um, the idea of having photo books um, previously has always been a little cost prohibited for me, for, for me personally to put that all together and, and, and pay. And, and now I see the value in it. And so, 
um, you know, money's uh, to me, uh, uh, putting it toward a, a nice travel photo book is where my passion is. Uh, not necessarily, and you know, I don't, I'm not married and I don't have kids. So to have a, a year uh, photo, an annual photo book, as you say, um, is probably not something that I personally would do, um, but to relive uh, some previous uh, fantastic travel uh, trips that I've taken, that's up my alley. I, I just did a very nice one from a, a trip last year I took to to Italy. And uh, yeah, it just warms my heart when I flip through those pages. So yeah. Yeah. let's let's back up just a sec, though, because I get a lot of clients and I see on Facebook pages and and just from people around me that there does seem to be this strange pressure, especially if you have children to do an annual photo book. Yep. And I would just like to tell everybody that that's bunk. If you want them, then great. And you should go ahead and do it. And, and if you really want to put the pressure on yourself, you can go right ahead. However, you don't have to have it. So, you know, for my own kids, I have two boys and they have, you know, a book kind of first year ish. And I did a couple of videos when they were little, but I stopped and I was like, this is just not, you know, and obviously I'm into photos. Here I am, you know, right. co-hosting a podcast on photos with a business on it. But <laughs> that book for me just wasn't cutting it because I have, you know, I have so many digital photos now. I can just pull them up on my phone whenever I do do travel books always. So we have those going all the way back to, you know, mostly started with the kids, but when they were tiny, tiny and a little bit before that, but nobody should feel pressure to create that annual photo book because it's just not, it's not required. No, I'll not put it that way. It is not yes. required. And if you don't want to do it and you don't have time and you don't want to hire someone, then just don't. Right. No, I, I completely agree. And you're absolutely right. And I certainly don't want to send the message that like, you know, yes, that's something that's that's required or that everybody has to do. And I'm so behind. It was something that I wanted to do, especially when the kids were, were younger and they really enjoyed looking through the books. Um, you know, they and, and they've actually asked me. I mean, they're they're teenagers now and they've actually said, like, when are we going to get to see the, you know, everything after 2013, which I think kind of all that's fun. Is, now, now you have a purpose, right? Cause now right. they're asking, make them do it. Right. Right. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and it's funny too. And I, and I think part of it too, for myself, I've always been a photo album person. Like I, I made photo albums of my college photos because, because, you know, it was my way of going back and enjoying them, you know? And so it was, it was something that I've just always done except up until 2013. <laughs> um, so that was the only reason that I kind of was like, for myself, I feel like, oh man, I really would like to do that. Um, but, but the other thing, and, and this was something that we, we kind of, well, is, is for me, um, we don't, like, we take so many digital photos. And again, I'm talking about myself personally, it takes so many digital photos that we never even look at. We never even look at, like, we just got back from a, a trip, you know, out West. And first of all, again, acknowledgement that I took way too many photos of beautiful rock formations, you know, with no pe people in them. And I mean, they were gorgeous, but I took, I took way too many. Um, but, um, you know, I, I took photos, my teenagers took photos on their phones, all I'm sure great photos. But we don't go through them afterwards. Like we don't go back and, and look at them again. And they just kind of get further, further, further up in the camera roll, you know, and then they're gone. I'm not gone, gone. But I mean, you know, they're not even, you know, you know, easy to be to 
remind us. Um, so I think for me, that's why I, especially when they were younger, I did it for me to just be able to, even if it was just for me to flip through and be like, oh, you know, they were cute, you know, oh, they were sweet, you know. Um, so anyway, it's a, absolutely a personal thing. And it's, a, and people have different ways of, of enjoying the photos. But for me, it's, it's just to want to be able to, um, to, to enjoy them. Yeah, it's a, it's a great curating tool. Too. Yes. The process of making it forces you to go back through and find your favorites. Yes. Right. So, yeah. Call it so out. we do that's that. What... Yeah. Right. And that's, that's actually the most important thing, I think. And then that can, you know, manifest in a bunch of different ways. It can be a book. It can just be an album on your phone. That's what we tend to do. I keep, uh, I have a favorite album on my phone for each kid. Um, yeah. Not for my and then I also have a favorite for like the four of us, the, the core family and the dog is one. Um, so not the books. And then we do the travel ones because I actually am a little bit of the anomaly. I do go back and look. I take a lot of landscape. I take a lot of uh, birds and nature. And I actually do go back and look at them, but nobody needs all of them. So I think the book is a great curating tool to get you to the same endpoint, which is how do you figure out what the best photos are and how do you even start? Right, right. Um, so I do cure, even though I haven't done the books, I haven't done the actual physical books, I do curate every year because I have still needed to go back and find certain photos from, you know, from years that I haven't done a book, you know, so for a kid's project or whatever. So I do definitely, that is kind of a given for me that I do definitely curate. So I've got a folder of selects for each year that I can at least go to. Cause I do, I do feel very strongly, certainly again for myself. And, and I tell my clients this too, um, that you know, if you don't do that, it's, 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 it's almost useless because it's just too many photos. You know, your, your kids are you not, you can't there. enjoy them. You can't enjoy them. You can't find what you need. Your kids are going to look at, you know, if you hand them a, a flash drive of 100,000 photos from you know, from their life to 18 or whatever it is, what are they going to do with that? You know, I mean, right. that's just, that's overwhelming. So, so yes. So I definitely feel very strongly about curating, not necessarily, I don't throw away anything. I don't throw away the, the B roll, you know, or the stuff that is not in my selects, but, um, but I never, but I mean, I can tell you, I've never gone back to it. You know, I keep it for comfort or just to say, well, if I ever wanted to see every photo from that vacation, they're there, but I never have, you know? Um, so, but, so what is your methodology? Can you walk us through how you do it either for yeah. yourself or how you handle clients? Yeah. I'm yes. assuming it's actually quite similar. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I, I, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm probably a little bit more, um, strict, if you will, with my own photos, because it's just me and I'm making the decision, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I, that person is not important. I don't need them, you know, in my selects with a client, I'll be a little bit more liberal because of course I don't know, um, everybody, but, um, yeah, basically I just go through and I, I kind of go through, I go through chronologically. So, because I want to certainly gather the special, the big events, but I also want to get all the in-between stuff, like the kids just playing in the park one day, you know, I want to try and, and I literally will take at least one photo from every event, even if it's a tiny event like that, you know, just a picnic in the park or something, um, just to make sure that it's represented. And, um, and then I'll, I'll kind of, 
you know, obviously it's very subjective, but I'll try and make sure that I get um, all the important people represented. Um, you certainly learn very quickly who the grandparents are, who the aunts and uncles are, who the people who keep showing up um, are. Um, I'll make sure, you know, so you kind of get to get a feel for who's important. Um, and then in each, if there's an event with a lot of photos, um, I'll just kind of, again, try and get the best representation. Like I always use this example of the birthday party with the pinata. And we we tended, at least I did, take a picture of each of the kids hitting the pinata, you know, all 25 of them. Um, and For all three rounds until it falls. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And in my mind, I think to myself, would I put all of those in a photo book, you know, if I were making a photo book or would, you know, I need to see all of these, you know, to relive the party in real time, basically. Um, and so I would certainly always pick the, the birthday kid, you know, the birthday boy, the birthday girl, who's probably my client's child, right? Um, at hitting the pinata. And then I would pick like a sampling of, again, if there was, a, if I would get to know people and you can, it's, it becomes very apparent very quickly, who are the important people, because there's more photos of them, right. you know, who is the, who is the child's best friend? They're the one who's, you know, in the photos with the arms around each other or something. Yep. So you get all kinds of clues. Um, and certainly, of course, I'll, I, you know, I skip over any that are you know, really blurry and, you know, really bad. Again, I won't really throw anything out, but I, I, you know, if something's really a, a terrible photo, especially if there's much better photos of the same event. Now, if there's somebody in a photo that seems, you know, I, I always kind of defer back to if, if the client, if I'm doing this again for a client, if the client took a picture of somebody that's kind of a portrait, it's a, it's a, you know, they, they, they purposely took a picture of this person. I will defer to the idea that they're an important person, you know, or that they at least wanted to, to take that photo. So I will keep it. I'll put it in selects. Um, they can always take it out. So, you know, my purpose is to really get it just at least the first pass you know, for the client. And then they can go through and say, if, if they ever do, but, you know, they could go through and say, oh, I don't need this one. Okay, fine. You can take it out. But it's easier to take out than to go through the rest and try and find to put back in. Um, if there's somebody, um, if there's, if let's say there's a picture of somebody that's not a, it's not a great photo, but it seems like it's an important person, I'll still keep it because it might be the only photo of great aunt Martha, you know, or something. Um, so again, I kind of am more liberal. Um, and it was funny, I was thinking, but but then there's also the situations I was I was listening to um, their one of your previous episodes with Mar Marcy Brennan. And she talked about a photo that had a great story behind it. And I won't ruin it because if you haven't listened to the episode, you should go listen to it because it's a great story. Um, but if you're just looking at the photo, you would never know what was about to happen next. Um, she knows, but I wouldn't know. So, you know, truth be told, I might not pick that photo. So, you know, there is that. It's not a perfect system. Um, but in that particular case, Marcy knew, you know, that photo. And Marcy might go pull it out and say, no, that needs to be in selects, you know. Um, so there, you know, there are going to be certain things that I, I just won't know. Um, but I think the more important thing um, and a lot of what, what my clients that want me to do this, they recognize that it's probably more valuable to have some kind of curation than to have no curation because you're too worried that I'll miss, you know, one of those, one of those photos. So it's, it's, it's always a balance, right? It's, it's, if you don't curate at all. And, and of course, 
you know, I have had clients that have said, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go through and do it. And that, that usually doesn't happen because it is overwhelming. It right. is overwhelming. And I tell my clients too, the other big piece, I think that is a big factor is I'm not emotionally tied to the photos. So I'm and not- that's important. That's huge. It's very that is. Yeah, because yeah. that doesn't slow down your uh, your progress. Exactly. Right. I am looking at it as much. I'm looking at it much more objectively. I'm not yep. reliving the, the the vacation or the birthday party or oh my gosh, I remember when she was so little. And you're, you're trying to tell a story through their photos. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, and one other point there is. Uh, I found, you know, if you if you miss something right, that turns out to be important, if it's really important, they actually know it right away. They're like, wait, where's that one photo? Yes. You know, you might have 500 photos of that pinata, but they remember one of them being very specific and they can probably even point it out as to where it is. Right. So that's how like you really don't lose anything. But no, no. Can you talk about a little bit? uh your method, your, your technology methodology, what do you, what do you use either for yourself or your clients when you're, when you're going That's, through and making these selects? For sorting and, and, and organ, basically sorting and organizing and so on. I, I use Lightroom for almost every project. So I love Lightroom. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I, it was recommended to me years ago and I've just always loved it. I, I love one of the biggest things that I love about it is two things. Number one, um, that it gives, I feel it gives a great, you can get a great overhead view of your whole collection. You know, you can see all the folders of your, your, your photos. Again, this is on the assumption that the photos are in folders on a, on a hard drive, you know, um, and, but I, I personally love the fact that I can get an overhead view. I can see all the folders. I can move things around, um, you know, I, I just, and, and I'm just obviously have gotten very familiar with it. I was not familiar with it before I went, this is not a tool that I used in my old, you know, my old business. So I did learn, learn it, you know, since becoming a photo manager. What, um, did, what did you use in your old business though? So I used, um, extensus portfolio, which of course huh. is it's defunct. It's no longer, it's going around, but it <laughs> okay. was, um, it was original. I mean, this is going way, way back. It was originally called extensus fetch, but it worked. Um, it worked. I mean, it worked kind of similarly. It was kind of, you know what it was? It was really kind of a mix between Apple photos and Lightroom. And I say that, I say that only because one, the, you know, how Apple photos, when you import a photo into Apple photos, it's kind of like, I, I picture it as it's kind of ingested into yes. the catalog. Right. Extensive fetch was the same way, um, but it, it, it's a portfolio, I should say, extensive portfolio, but it, it also gave a lot of different other options. Like it's, it's defunct. So there's not even any point of me going in, going into the details, yeah. but that's what I used at the time. Um, and actually I had um, a computer that was a 2007 Mac um, that I kept, I kept working for a long time because um, it had it the old database. Yeah, it still yeah. had a portfolio on it. And I was like, I could still use portfolio <laughs> if I needed to until I got familiar with Lightroom. So interesting. And so speaking with uh, the, the Lightroom then, um, so we're going to fast forward. So you, you have somebody's clients and uh, photos and yeah. let's say they're physical or they're digital. They end up in Lightroom. Right. And you're, um, what are the steps you take after that? So the first thing, 
you know, if 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 they're scanned photos, then I they're probably already in. I mean, if I didn't, if I scan them, they're probably already in some kind of chronological order because I would have. I would have sorted in uh, the the prints before I scanned them, so they're probably already kind of in some kind of order. If they're digital, which you know, which then I'll fine tune within within Lightroom. If they're digital photos that I have um, maybe downloaded from multiple devices, maybe you know from the from a couple phones and and a, a hard drives and so on, all these different places, um, then I will usually go through. And the first thing I'll do, I mean, I, I, I stop me if I get a little too tedious, but um, the first thing I'll do is pull out any, um, I, any labeled folders. So if there's some, if there's photos in a folder, uh, you know, that are somehow indicate a date or an event or something that I don't want to lose that reference, I'll kind of set those aside. Um, and then whatever I have left is presumably photos that are, you know, the only thing I have to go on is the, is the embedded date right is the date in the in the the photo um which hopefully it you know the majority of those dates are correct because that's what i'm going to use at this point um and then i'll start taking those and sorting them into in you know like photos by year and possibly by month depending on how many photos we're talking about and then i've got a kind of then i've kind of got a framework um i'll i'll review those and say hey does this make sense is is the child, you know, aging properly? Or, you know, is there some indicator that there's a date wrong here? Like, you know, they were three and then they're one, um, you know, that would indicate that, you know, an incorrect date. Um, and then the next step would be to remove duplicates. So, you know, to, to kind of remove duplicates, I would, I would use the dated, the, the, the labeled folders as my kind of um, control and then compare all the, all the rest of it to those and remove any duplicates. And so, do you remove yeah. duplicates using tools within Lightroom? No, I use Photo Sweeper. I use Photo Sweeper, which I which I love. I think it's great. I think it's only for Mac. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but but it I works go, with Lightroom. So do you does. run it on your Lightroom catalog? Because that's how I always do it. No, I don't. I'm 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 a little bit more. I mean, let's say. I just haven't. I haven't. That's a better way to say it. It's not a it's not a conscious choice not to. I just have always run it outside of Lightroom because I like to be very um controlled about it. I like to be very again, be very I do I like to control what um what folders I'm locking, if that makes sense, if you're familiar with Photo Sweeper, um so that I make sure I'm not removing pictures out of a folder I don't want to remove from. So so, so for the listening audience, um, you know, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, locking a folder, uh, there may be an originals folder and you're thinking those may be the ones that I want to compare the other images to. So you may lock that, uh, originals folder so that that is not the one chosen when you auto mark them for deletion. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Right. Okay. I didn't mean to get too technical or too whatever, but, um, but no, that's exactly right. I want to be very careful that when it finds a dupe, I'm, I'm removing the right one that I want to remove, you know? Right. So, um, and you may be able to do that through Lightroom. I just never, I just. Yeah. Never. So one other way you can do that because yeah. I use photo sweeper most of the time because I have a lot of Apple clients. So photo sweeper is, you know, is the deduplication program that actually allows you to run it on a live Apple library, which Cheryl, I know you know this, but um but I have found one of the really interesting ways to run that is to put everything else into Lightroom. And then those folders that you want to keep or lock or compare against, 
I will use either a certain star rating or a flag so that I can see it in photo sweeper. So that's just a little sort of a pro tip for people who understand um, how, you know, or have used photo sweeper. But the idea generally is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think we all do it the same way, but the idea generally is there are some photos in every collection that you know you are keeping. And that you want to compare everything else to it. So we're talking now about a few different ways to do that. But if you're doing this on your own, it's all the same because, you know, you've got this key collection and then you want to try and find anything else that's out there that's the same as that key collection, but you want to keep that key collection. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A perfect example is like, a perfect example is like a client may have gone through a huge process way before they, before I met with them, they, you know, years ago, they went through and they found all their favorite photos of their, of their son, you know, for, you know, for whatever. So they've got, you know, 200 photos, maybe they made a book for his graduation, who knows, but, but they've got them separated and, and, and um, set aside. Well, those photos may also appear all scattered throughout their collection, but they want to keep the, you know, this curated, you know, 200 photos separate. So I would make sure that when it finds the duplicate, one's in the in the curated group and one's just scattered throughout the collection, it keeps the one that they chose if they want to keep that. So yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. So how many photos are in your personal collection digitally right now? If you were to open up your Apple photos or Lightroom, do you know? Well, okay, so, so... <laughs> Those are two different things. I was going to say, well, so, so I have to say, just to look behind the curtain for a second, your original question was that you had sent me ahead of time was how many are in your camera roll on my phone, which is very Uh different because I only keep, I only keep on my phone, like the last couple, three, four years of photos, just because I don't need to keep everything on my phone. So most of my photos, in fact, all my photos are on my external hard drive. And I would say, and now I'm going to have to just guess, um, <laughs> but I would say, let's see, my daughter is 21, 21. <laughs> I would probably say about 60,000 photos. Oh, okay. Total. Well, yeah, total. that's not bad. Uh, yeah, no, it's not crazy. Maybe, maybe 60, 70,000. Um, there's probably an average of about three to 4,000 a year. So I hope I did that math right. Um, and, um, but I, but, but my curated collection for each year is usually just j- tends to be around 500 photos for year. Interesting. Okay. So That's an interesting sure. tidbit. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, I, I like a, it's not like I shooting for a number. It just tends to be, you know, between, you know, four and 500 photos a year. So my total collection is probably 70, 80,000 pictures. Um, but my curated collection is probably more t- like 10,000. All right. You know, How about for, yours, Susan? Uh, my camera. Let's roll. all go behind the curtain. Right. <laughs> uh, I looked this morning because I knew we had that question in it. I think I'm at like 64,500 on my camera roll, but that is not my whole curated uh, library. Uh, my whole library is in Lightroom and I think I'm closer to 90. Um, I'm still working on some, de- you know, removing duplicates. Um, I, I'm a master uh, hoarder with backups. And so that has uh, led to having to buy more hard drives uh, to just keep current. And, and then I started this removal of dupe project and trying to organize my own digital library when I, uh, joined 
um, well, it was Apo a few years ago when I joined in 2019. And, um, you know, if I didn't have one copy of something, I had 10. And so I remember calling um, Cheryl and like, how am I going to wrangle this? And she said, you know, don't copy them because you're just making more mess. If you've got your original photo hub somewhere, uh, just make one copy that you're then going to, you know, start to remove duplicates on and point Lightroom there and just add it to a Lightroom collection. And so then I've been off and running. But when I did that and I I gathered all of my copies, I had 700,000 images. <laughs> you get you, you get the prize. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how so, many of those were dupes? Well, like I said, or if where I, you're at now anyway. Yeah, where I'm at now is um I'm down to about 110,000 I think, somewhere in there. But if I had, you know, one image, I had 5 or 10 of of an image. I mean, it it was just multiple backups. But, you know, I being a uh a career having a career in in uh web design and I had client photos on there and then I had multiple versions because you have to make different versions to put on the web. You're not going to put a TIFF on the web. You're not going to put a Photoshop file on the web. Um, and so, you know, you would export those originals to a lower quality JPEG file, you know, with to, to get them uh, so that they would load fast on someone's website. So those got intermixed into my catalog. So I had the originals and then I had all these web versions. And so, you know, you have to tweak the program to make sure that you're not removing the originals, that you keep the high, uh, the high quality ones. So, yeah, it's been a process. But so. Um, well, I have you both beat. Well, I only have you beat in the in your end process because yeah. I, I cleaned mine up quite some time ago. But I have about 130,000 unique photos in my whole collection. But I am also a bird photographer who attempts to take birds in flight. So probably half of those are my attempts at wildlife photography. But I have looked at them and I there's there's a several reasons actually why I don't always get rid of those. And some of it is just um in terms of of identification and things. Sometimes I keep photos so that I know what I'm looking at because the best photo doesn't actually tell me what the bird is, but that's a whole different issue. But then on my actual camera roll is only about a thousand. I clean that out regularly. And most of those are actually things I take for work or screenshots Mm -hmm. and then they go elsewhere. And then I just delete my camera roll on the regular basis. All right. So just so people understand, your main catalog then would be in Lightroom and not your Apple cloud. Well, no, my my main catalog used to be in Lightroom. My main catalog is now in Milio um, and not in Apple or Lightroom anymore. Okay. But I was trying to get to the point. That that is my main catalog is in one place. My camera roll is on my iPhone and that's my day to day. Which is attached to Apple Photos, but it gets eventually sucked into your workflow process with Milio. So yes. it, it frees up your space. Right. Correct. Okay. And then I just, once they're in Milio and I process them there, then I, then I essentially delete my camera roll on a regular basis. I just yeah. go in and delete the whole thing. Cause I don't need it right on my iPhone. Anyway, getting off topic. No, but... I, I think, no, it's still a good topic, but I want to make sure, cause we've got people who, um, you know, are trying to understand how can you have, 130,000 images, but you only have a thousand on your camera roll. 
Yeah, I guess that is a little bit misleading. So I will back up a little bit and say, I actually can access all 130,000 on my phone. They are just in small versions, but they don't live there. The original lives on hard drives. My camera roll is literally when I press the shutter button. Yes. On my phone and those go into Apple Photos. Okay. So I think I see another another episode here going into this kind of thing and backups and, you know, there's so much. Oh, it's endless. Yeah. talk about there. All right, yeah. Cheryl. So how, um, how do you like get to the point where when you're working with digital photos, you know, you, you, you've got to keep up with all this technology. I mean, I, we've already named several programs and some are defunct and there's probably more that will be defunct in the, uh, you know, tomorrow. So, <laughs> so how do you keep up with all this technology? Um, with my fingernails hanging by my fingernails <laughs> just barely I feel like that sometimes when you know I'm just you know I yeah I feel like I'm I'm barely holding on to keeping up and there's still there's already so much that I you know I'm not using that I could be using or that I'm just not aware of to answer your question how do I even attempt to keep up um I I mean truthfully my biggest resource for just just information and uh, you know technology and so on is is the photo managers uh, you know is is the organization um whether it's the courses or the Facebook group um you know I learn so much from that group whether I posted a question and got an immediate answer which happens you know usually when I do post a question um or just reading other people's posts and questions and answers um you know that's um, that's, I mean, there's so much information there that I kind of don't have time to go find, so, you know, find it elsewhere. So um, that's really my biggest thing. I do, I do live in fear of, you know, one of these, of, you know, one of these things, you know, software becoming defunct or, you know, the talk of maybe Lightroom will go away, you know, and I, I you know, I, kind of try and keep my ear to the ground because at least it won't just be me that has to find another option. Um, but, um, but yeah, I kind of just kind of, you know, everything is good for the moment. And I try and keep, again, keep an ear to the ground of what's coming. Um, still trying to get my head around AI, you know, and how to use that. Um, so I love AI. I know. I know. I, Susan yeah. could talk all day about AI. But <laughs> I know I back to something that you, that you said just prior to that. Yeah. Um, which is, say, for example, Lightroom goes defunct, and I have no reason for saying that. I'm just using right. this as an example. But how would, can you give us some tips maybe on how people can protect themselves if their photo organization software, be it Lightroom or Milio or Apple or Google, any Google of them, Photos, yeah. Google Photos, how can people protect themselves um, if one of those, you, if, if you were to get an email tomorrow that says we're shutting down our service in a month, or how can fly. you proactively protect <laughs> yourself so that you're thinking, well, that's a bummer, but it's a good thing that I. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, and that is exactly why I prefer for my own collection to keep everything on an external hard drive. Lightroom is really just my vehicle to look at it. That's it. Um, granted, I might have some collections which are like albums and Apple photos, just, you know, of kind of isolating photos um, uh, or, or just referencing photos, not even really isolating them. Um, so, but I, I, if Lightroom were to go away, um, 
Uh, it would Which really it's not. not. We have no, no reason. Exactly. I'm just using no. that as an example. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. No, it's definitely not. Um, <laughs> excuse me. But if, if, if that particular thing were to go away, my photos would be relatively unaffected um, because I still have the external hard drive. And that external hard drive, of course, is backed up. So, you know, that's separate from Lightroom. The photos are backed up. Um, but that is kind of why I personally chose that system. Now, it's, you know, the downside to that system is I can't really access my photos just with that Lightroom system. I can't really access my photos from my phone for instance, you know, I mean, I really have to have to plug into the, the hard drive. So that is a downside for some people. But, but I mean, you know, people do ask me a lot. They say, tell me the absolute, where can I put my photos that I know will always be here? Um, and, um, you know, I know that there are some out there that that say that they will be here forever. And we thought Kodak was going to be, I mean, who, you know, who would have ever thought, you know, 30 years ago that Kodak was going away. So it's kind of, you know, I have to say, I, I don't, there is no guarantee. There is no hundred percent guarantee, you know, that, that unless it's a, if a hard drive completely in your possession, or maybe, maybe the next best thing would be your own website. You know, like if you, if, you know, had your own server or, you know, something, but um, I mean, I think truth be told, the rest of them, they're, they're not a hundred percent your control. You know, so, so do you I, also back up your favorites anywhere else besides Apple photos? Do you use any other online services? Like, um, so we, we talk about Backblaze as a backup and yeah. it, it doesn't matter whether it's a photo or a video or a document. Uh, right. We've also talked about Google photos or Amazon uh, photos. Do you, do you back them up in the cloud somewhere else or even Dropbox or, you know, back, Backblaze. Backblaze okay. is really so basically right. It's Backblaze, unlike Google at Google Photos or or um, uh, Amazon Photos or any of the rest of them. You can't. I can't go view my photos on Backblaze. It's not a you know. It's not a backup like that. You know. Right. So it's just a backup of my data. So if my hard drive goes bad, I can get that data back. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, I so, just so people know, Backblaze is actually it has nothing to do with photos specifically. It is exactly. a. It's something that you install. It it backs up your entire computer or folder time. by folder, right? Or right. folder by folder. You can choose. Or you but can it plug runs... in a hard drive, and it'll back up that specific hard drive. Right, but it's yeah. something that runs in the background. It's not something active. And I think actually, probably all three of us use it. Yes. Um, yeah, and I don't. Yeah. I check it every once in a while to make sure it's working. But it's also not just Backblaze, but uh, I'm pretty sure all three of us follow a three, two, one backup yeah. method. And why don't you describe what three, two, one backup is? Yeah. So this is something that I talk about with my clients and something that I do all the time, because I agree with you, Cheryl. I think everybody should have a copy of their own photos in their possession that, you know, if if you're on a, a an island with no internet, you can still get to them. So what the three to one backup method is, is essentially three copies, three different copies in two different locations with one of them off site. So that can manifest a few different ways. Your three copies can be on three hard drives. They could be uh, one on a hard drive and two in the cloud. You know, there's a variety um, in two different media means, say, one on a hard drive and one in the cloud. And then one off site could be, you know, you take one of your hard drives and you stick it, you know, in your office or at the bank, um, or that off site could be in the cloud. Friend, so there's a whole different friend variety, or family. 
right. friends or family. So the idea is essentially you have three copies that are spread around so that if your house burns down, for example, you don't lose them all mm-hmm. or, you know, your Blood, cloud service hurricane. goes defunct. Yeah. Or a hurricane or whatever. Tornado, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Seems more and more people are are being affected by uh, these weather patterns all all over. So having the things that are important to you, those memories backed up is really important. And that's that's what we're all here to do. Yeah, absolutely. And the only the only thing that I always kind of keep in mind with my clients, because different people have different kind of of of, um, you know, comfort levels or whatever that, you know, when you talk about two different, especially two different um, hard drives, you know, the, the, the risk there also is that, that as soon as you add photos to the one that you have, you keep in your house, the one, you know, the other copy now is, is different. And it's one thing if you're just adding photos to the end, right. I'm just adding, you know, the next year of photos. Okay. Well, I'm just going to add it to the, I'm going to get the one from the bank and I'm going to add it to that too. But if you're making any changes, yes, you know, within like, you know, I went back 10 years ago and I, you know, or I added some photos that I got from my sister and, you know, for two years ago. So, so you just have to, you just have to be mindful of that, right? You just have to be, so maybe it's like once a year, you just make an entire new copy as opposed to trying to make, you know, insert those changes, you know? Yeah. Incremental uh, copies. Yeah. So one of the things that I do um, is um, I've, I've got what's called a, uh, network attached storage solution. So it's not just a single hard drive that I attach to a computer. Um, my uh, my secure back backups are on a multiple drive uh, RAID system, which is some software that manages all those. And so between the four drives or five drives that run that NAS, um, then any you know, you have a certain number of hard drives that can fail before you lose all your data because that information is saved across multiple drives. So what I have is, let's say, my collection on uh, a an external hard drive, and then I run backup software, something like Chronosync or another um, product that can, as soon as that thing gets plugged in, it just makes a backup to where the NAS is. So it's something I don't even have to think about and they stay in, in sync. Yeah. Yeah. And Backblaze would, would keep all of your changes as well. Right. That keeps up. Yes. And Backblaze, we were talking about this before, before we started, Backblaze has saved me many times. You know, I've probably had to get to, to had a, uh, some hard drive fail, not the same hard drive, but some hard drive fail at least once a year. Yep. Yeah, let me just say, put out there. Yeah. Let me just put out there that none of us work for Backblaze. I know. <laughs> I mean, and they're not a sponsor of this podcast not at all. or anything like that. It's just a product that we all use and has yeah. helped us. So there's no And there's other ones know. out there too, I think. Like isn't Carbonite? Yeah, I, yeah Carbonite. I've Carbonite. used Carbonite and yeah. uh for redundancy, I actually also have have paid and I just haven't canceled my subscription with iDrive. So they they all uh, work that way. And again, depending on what your tech background is, I tend to be a little more techie than you guys, but um, I use uh, uh, also storage on Amazon's storage. So um, that uh, I use a, a program called Glacier and it's uh, basically very slow. Uh, it's just drips backup data to, to my Amazon cloud. and uh, 
you know, I don't have to worry about that as well. So yeah, I've got backups everywhere. Well, and, and since we're on the topic is, is it worth, because, because, you know, there may be people listening that, you know, maybe aren't professional photo organizers, but maybe just it's worth, and when it comes to backups, so many people have iPhones and I know this topic comes up, you know, yes. and certainly with our clients that iCloud, so many of my clients don't even really know. They just say it's in iCloud. So it's good. It's safe. I don't really know what that is. I don't know how to get there, but the, you know, but it's safe, but iCloud is not a backup. Because if you delete something from your phone that is back, you know, that is quote unquote backing up to iCloud, um, it will be deleted from iCloud. So, you know, I know I haven't, my aunt, my, my, my sweet aunt, she, um, you know, had a whole entire vacation on her phone that she knew was, was being backed up to iCloud. So she deleted it off her phone and it was gone forever. So yeah, I've, we've run you, into that with clients as well. And just for anyone listening, if you realize your mistake there and it's within 30 days, yeah. you can, they're get it still back. there, yeah. but, but after that, and that's why that's where the three copies comes in. iCloud, if your photos are in your iPhone and you're using iCloud, that's just one, that's one single copy. And just to play this out a little further, if you have room on your Mac and you have it set to download the originals out of your iCloud library, then that would be two copies because the originals are now living on your Mac and in iCloud. But that's why we've been talking about also keep, you know, keeping a copy on an external drive, no matter what you use, if you use. Uh, Whether it's Apple, yeah, Apple Photos, Google Photos, whatever, yeah. have that physical one uh, that you can grab. Um, and you know, and again, depending on what your backup is, some of these hard drives come with, um, backup programs on them, but they back up your data into what I call the backup blob that you can't see. And so if you're not sure about the method that you need to take to back up your photos, please reach out to any of us. Um, and, you know, on the photo manager's website, you can find a local photo manager in your area to help you. Um, you know, you just want to make sure that they they understand technology and all the backup options that, that are out there. And so mine is a one-to-one copy so that when you back up a file to an external hard drive or another source, that you see it there just like you do normally in your original source folder, that it's not in some blob, that the only way that you can uh, get at it is to reinstall that software that created the blob before you can ever access that stuff. Um, so uh, it's very important that when you back up, you know how it's being backed up. Uh, because if your computer were to crash, you want to be able to just take that hard drive and plug it in another computer and access all your data. Right. Right. I think, uh, I have a feeling we'll do another podcast at some point, like literally only on backups. So if anybody listening to this, if you want to send us your questions about backup or anything else, you know, anything we'll, we we've can address talked about, them. Yep. Yeah, we can address them at another time. Um, yeah. So, definitely so, important and definitely a big, big discussion. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's funny that, um, you know, there's uh, new companies coming out all the time now uh, because photography and digital photos have been around for so long and people are creating um, 
you know, millions of photos. And I, I just saw recently, um, I'm hoping I can pull up the, the stats, but with AI, we, we just, you know, touched glanced over it, but, um, with AI recently, um, they have, uh, people have been using these tools to create images. So now we're not only taking photos that are digital, but we're creating from text, these, you know, amazing images because AI can create, um, images that, um, where is the date here? Okay. So it took in photography, 149 years to, to reach 15 billion digital photos and AI, it took one and a half years. All right. There's my stat for today. Mind blown. And AI will be also a topic for a future yes. episode because <laughs> I don't even want to go down that road right now because this episode will be five hours long. Right. Uh, so we'll split that off yeah. for another time, but we do have an AI expert with us on Susan. So we will yeah. absolutely be tackling that at another time. Um, okay. Cheryl. Yes. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get to my favorite question. Are you ready? Oh, right. Yes. You ready? What I is the that. strangest photo in your personal collection? Right. Not the strangest photo you've seen. Oh yeah, no, we your... won't go there. Right. Nope. <laughs> but in your personal collection. Yes. In my personal collection. So, uh, excuse me. Um. Sorry. Um, so I actually, I love this question and I actually, I had a very hard time narrowing it down. I didn't have a hard time finding one, but I had a hard time narrowing it down. Um, but I finally landed on a photo of me when I was about six months old. My father, I mentioned he was a professional photographer. He had a, uh, an assignment in Sierra Leone uh, uh, photographing diamond mines. And for some reason, my mother's a little crazy. She decided to, to go with him and take me along. So she took her new six, I'm the oldest, so it was just me. And um, she took me along with him and they kind of tagged along on this trip. And they were in the diamond mines. My dad was was shooting. And, um, and I, I apparently was getting fussy as six month old babies do. And so someone handed me a dime, an uncut diamond the size of about a, of a plum. Um, for me just to gnaw on. So we've got a photo that of course is kind of famous in our family that um, has always been hanging in the ha hall in my parents' uh, house of me, a six month old, you know, gnawing on this, you know, fist sized uncut diamond. Um, so, which sadly I had to give back, but um, you know, and of course the joke is that I've had a, a taste for diamonds from a very young age and you know, the whole thing. So, um, so that's probably one of my strangest, you know, long, long story or storied photos. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think I could beat that with, <laughs> you know, with anything I've ever done that that is unique. Yeah. And so it, that picture was blown up and hangs in your, your parents' home. Is yes. that, yeah. Yep. yep. They, yeah. You know, they have the hallway, right. Where uh -huh. you know, there's pictures of my great grandfather and, you know, there's a picture of, you know, all the family <laughs> photos and that's the one they chose to hang of me. So I would <laughs> too. That's amazing. That what is a unique a and like unusual. Yes. Well, the, everything about that, the right. situation and the photo. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. My parents were quite adventurers. And uh, so, you know, lots of stories, but, you know, that was the one where I was, where, where I was involved. So. That's yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, we so appreciate your time today. Thank you. I, I, I loved being here. I could, you know, I could talk to you both for hours. So, you know, I, and I, and I love to get to whenever I can. So, but thank you for inviting me. Thank you for, for, you know, having me on. So I, I would like to add one more question and, um, Oh, Susan's going renegade. I, I know <laughs> I, I, and we, can, we can interject this, you know, <laughs> cut it and interject it, but it, it was something I should have written down. And I thought about it the other day. Um, tell us a little bit about this uh, weird uh, project that you had where somebody had asked you uh, to uh, capture the text messages from someone and then put it into a book or something. Yeah. Um, and, and I wanted you to share this because people think we're just about photos, you know, and we're not, we're about helping people save their memories. That's, that's perfect. That you're, that's exactly right. And, and I'm, thank you so much for bringing it up because it really was a, a lovely project. I mean, that I loved being able to do. So I had a client, I have a client, who um, her very dearest friend from childhood recently passed away. So way too young. And, um, and they didn't, they haven't lived in the same city for years. So they have had this text, you know, text conversation going for literally years. Um, and, um, and so she, and, and she's, you know, a lot of what we've been doing together is, is gathering pictures of her friend and, and so on, just because she really just wants to encapsulate everything. And, um, and so she really was trying to figure out how to, save that text conversation and she kind of every every day she would kind of be terrified that you know it's it's on her phone but nobody really knows how to you know what happens if something happens to her phone or something you know she was terrified she was going to lose it it was such a connection to her to her friend and um and so anyway it took me a little while because I kind of I'd never done this before and I kind of had to figure out and there were some there apparently there was actually some websites that are meant to do this but none of them did it very well and so anyway long story short we figured out a way to basically um, export the, the text conversation. And we created um, books. It ended up being, once that conversation, it went back to, I think, 2015. Once it was wow. exported as a PDF, it was 843 pages. Oh and it, my goodness. Wow. It included the photo. Anytime someone texted, you know, one of them texted a photo, it included the photo, it included emojis, you know, anything like that. Um, and it looked, the printed pages looked just like, you know, with red on one side and, you know, just the way our phone looks. Um, and so we created, you know, the books we created, um, would only hold a hundred pages a piece. We created eight books, um, to, to hold them all. Um, and, and now she's got, you know, her, that whole, what, eight year conversation, um, you know, that she can look back on, you know, and, and she's, she, she just is just glad that it's saved, right. That it's just, you know. So um, the, the, once we downloaded it as a PDF, at least we knew that it was saved. You know, we were like, okay, right. your phone, you know, craps, if your phone dies, it's, you know, it's, it's okay. But, um, but she really wanted a visual, you know, hard copy. So, um, so it was, it was wonderful. And I actually, she has been actually away the whole summer. So I haven't actually given her the books yet, um, but I can't wait. I mean, she knows that they're done and she's just so relieved to, to, to know that that's finished, but, but it was, in, it was a very interesting project because I, it was not anything I'd done before. And it was really fun for me to figure it out, you know, and, uh, and now I'm actually going through my own phone, trying to find some, if there's any conversations I want to save uh, to make a book of and haven't found one yet. <laughs> so, but, um, 
you know, if there's, it's, it, it is, a, it's too bad that these companies that kind of offered this as a service are, are, are kind of, it, they didn't work out. I mean, they, right. one of them actually has gone out of business sadly, but um, because it, it, it is a great idea. Yeah. But I didn't so, have it was my client's idea, but yeah. yeah. That's like the epitome of saving the story with a photo. Right. Right there. The right. text string around the photos and the whole conversation. What an amazing project. Yeah. It was really fun. It was, it was really fun. So, um, so yeah, I, I, that, that's the kind of stuff that I love just, you know, figuring something new out or, you know, every project is different. Every client's different. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was really fun. I know nobody can see them. The stack of books is behind me, but obviously people can't listen and can't see them, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you know, that's just another day in our life, right? Somebody comes up to us and uh, we don't know what your project, your important project is. So, um, but we have a huge community and I know that you posted several questions about this and, um, you know, the tools that were suggested for you to, to grab these images and stuff, you yeah. know, so I'm guessing when you got the raw data, did you create it in Word? Or did you use InDesign or just curious? No, I actually, um, the, the actual process was once it was a PDF, um, I just broke the PDF into individual pages as opposed to one 843 page PDF. I just broke them in. And then I ran a Photoshop script to save each PDF as a JPEG. Ah. Um, and then I said, I mean, the only real tedious part was that I had to place each page you know, on the page of the, of the digital book. Yeah. Right. Which is minor. Yeah. It was very minor because it was just very rote. You know, it was Mm -hmm. very easy to just one, one after another. Um, But yeah, no. And, and the book format, the book size was, you know, eight by eight by 11. So it worked out perfectly. And so this was from an iPhone message, right? Correct. So um, I have both Android and um, iPhone. I have a, a business phone and I've been ambidextrous in both PC and Mac worlds for, for quite a bit. But one of my uh, tools to back up uh, as a little tidbit for folks um, on my uh, Android device, I have a Google pixel is called SMS backup plus. And, Mm -hmm. and so I've been using that for a while where it uh, connects to my email and it backs up my text messages as an email. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I don't know if there's something similar like like that. Um, I for... think iAmazing, iAmazing, yeah. can I believe do that? Well, that's a, after the fact, so it's not real yeah. time. But SMS backup is literally a real time backup where, as your messages come in or whatever, it just you tell it on what schedule you want your messages to be backed up. Whereas iAmazing can go in and um, grab all of the data in a point in time. Right, right. So do you mean that you're getting, you're not getting an email every time you get a text? No. No, okay. It's whatever my schedule is uh, to create that email. And then it sends me the threads. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, you just don't know what's important to people. And if it is text messages or emails or whatever, you know, or that photo, um, it's important to back up that data because your phone, um, you may not realize that that data is vulnerable. Right. Absolutely. And and you mentioned, you mentioned that, you know, that I had posted a set of questions about this project because I really didn't know how to approach it initially. And there were, there were ways that I could have done it would have been, that would have been a totally manual, like me pasting individual, te- it would have been 
you know, hundreds of hours of work. It would have been ridiculous. Um, but that's where that photo, that uh, photo manager's um, Facebook group, it was, they were the, some, I think it was Sandra, or maybe it was a couple different people that, um, that led me to iMazing, which was absolutely the key. It, yeah, it, it's a, made it so automatic and so wonderful. So again, it saved totally that group. Yeah. Save me. So if our listeners have unique photo questions, again, um, send them to us. And if we don't know the answer, we'll pose them to our group and we will address them on a future episode because it is a treasure trove of knowledge in there. And For everybody's sure. got unique questions. I mean, we all yeah. run into that all the time. That's the fun part, too. I agree with you, Cheryl. I love getting a new project with a new puzzle. Yeah, exactly. To figure out. Right. And it, that's exactly what it is. It's a puzzle. And I love it. Totally love it. So keeps us sharp. Does keep us sharp. <laughs> and with I that, think. yeah, right. I I think we've taken enough of your time. Um, I've loved it. I've loved it. So thank you again. So well, thank you guys so much. Really, I I love. Thank it. you. I can talk. I can talk. I can talk all day. So just let me know. <laughs> so can we? Clearly, I know. I love this exactly. <laughs> Gosh, I just love talking to Cheryl isn't she fun always always and she has such interesting ideas and she's always so open with sharing her knowledge you know she's just somebody you can always go to with a question she's so helpful and um her background in photography um she didn't mention this but um you know trying to explain you know, JPEG compression and resolution and everything is is a thing for many of us as we try and explain it not only to uh, our clients, but to fellow n- new members of photo managers about, you know, is this photo good enough to put in a book or whatever. And so her knowledge with that is exceptional. And um, yeah, I just love hearing why she does what she does. And her comment about the strangest photo in her photo uh, library. I don't think that can be beat, but we'll see. Maybe somebody's got a better uh, image and story, but that was fabulous. I just loved, you know, the sucking on a diamond. I Definitely <laughs> unusual. Definitely fits in the strangest photo in your collection question. You know, it would be really fun, potentially, is after we've done a bunch of these, maybe when we hit our one year mark, or something like that is to actually put all of these out there on our website or something and have people vote on the strangest photo. That would be fun. Yeah, definitely. So until next time, Allison, yes. thanks for coming and having our conversation. And I know I love, I love these, I love these conversations that we have. And if you want to know about any of the resources that we talked about they're all uh, linked on our website www.insidephotoorganizing.com we will put all the software that we talked about today uh, linked there so that you can check it out and uh, hopefully it's helpful for you so until next time Susan we will see you later until then We wanted to add one additional note to this podcast, and that is to update you on our episode four guest, Sharon Wonder. She has now passed away peacefully with her family at her side. And we would like to extend our condolences and our deepest sympathies 
to all of her family and friends. She was a dear friend, and we greatly appreciate the time she was able to give us to share her story. That's it for our show today. Remember, you can find this episode on all of your favorite podcast apps. Be sure to click follow so you can stay up to date with the latest in photo organizing. We'll catch you next month.